Chapter Nine of In the Footprints of the Padres by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: An Affair of the Misty City. Two: What the Sun Shone On. He shone on the far side of the eastern azure hills and set all the treetops in the wood beyond the wold aflame. He looked over the silhouette out of a cloudless sky upon a bay whose breadth and beauty is one of the seven hundred wonders of the world. He paved the waves with gold, a path celestial that angels might not fear to tread. He touched the heights of the misty city and the sea fog that had walled it in through the night as with walls of unquarried marble, albeit the eaves had dripped in the darkness as after a summer shower and anon the opaque vapours dissolved and fled away there she lay the misty city in all her wasted and scattered beauty she might have been a picture for poets to dream on and artists to love their wonder and their despair but she is not she is hideous to look upon save in the sunset or the afterglow when you cannot see her but only the dim vision of what she might have been he rose as a god refreshed with sleep and called the weary to their work and disturbed the slumbers of those that toil not and spin not and have nothing to do but sleep there were no secrets from him now every detail was discovered and so having gilded for a moment the mossy shingles of the eyrie he stole into the room where paul clitheroe passed most of his waking hours and through the curtain of ivy and geraniums that screened the conservatory from the eyes of the curious world and where paul was at this moment sleeping the sleep of the just from the bed of the ravine below the eyrie rose the rumble and roar of traffic the hours passed by the sleeper began to turn uneasily on his pillow the sound of hurrying feet was heard upon the boardwalks in front of the eerie cliff many voices youthful voices swelled the chorus that told of the regiments of children now hastening to school from dreamland paul returned by easy stages to the workaday world he arose donned a trailing garment with angel sleeves and a large crucifix embroidered in scarlet upon the breast that robe made of him a cross between a monk and a marchioness and slipped his feet into sandals and entered the larger chamber which was at once living-room and library he opened the shutters in the deep bay window and greeted the day with the silent solemnity of a fire-worshipper gave drink to his potted palms and ferns and flowering plants let his eye wander leisurely over the titles of his books lingered a little while over his favorites and patted some of them fondly on the back taking a small key from its nail by the door he opened the mailbox without carrying his letters to his writing-table and leaving them there unopened he loved to speculate as to whom the writers were and what they may have said to him this piqued his curiosity and tided him over a scant breakfast at an inexpensive but fly-blown restaurant where he was wont to eat or make a more or less brave effort to eat whenever he had the wherewithal to settle for the same breakfast over and gone the young man returned to his eyrie and in due course was at his writing-table and at work upon the weekly article that had been appearing in the sunday issue of one of the popular dailies for an indefinite period and the price of which had on several occasions kept him from becoming a conspicuous object of charity 
having written himself out for the day as he was apt to do in a few hours he wandered down to the club for a bit of refreshment which was sure to be forthcoming for his friends there were ever ready to dine him or more frequently to wine him merely for the pleasure of his company so the afternoon waned and the dinner hour approached fortunately this hour was usually bespoken and for a little while at least he was lapped in luxury on his way home he was very apt to turn in at the wicker gates of a typical german ratskeller where he was unmolested where the blustering pipes of a colossal orchestrion brayed through an aria from il trovatore with more sound than sentiment and all unmindful of modulation he was at home by midnight for the beer and the bravura ceased to flow at the witching hour then he lounged in the easy-chair gradually and not unconsciously shedding all the worldly influences that had been clothing him as with a hair-shirt ever since he first went forth that morning safely he sank into the silence of the place every breath he drew was balm every moment healing so he passed into the silence enfolded by invisible arms that led him gently to his pillow where he sank to sleep with the trustful resignation of a tired babe if this routine was ever varied it was a variation with a vengeance from grave to gay from lively to severe might have been engraved upon his escutcheon it chanced that the family motto was festina lante this also was appropriate had he not all his life made haste slowly for this very reason he had been accounted one of the laziest of his kind his indolence was a byword merely because he did not throw himself into an easy-chair at the club of an evening and bewail his fate because he did not puff and blow and talk often of the work he had accomplished was accomplishing or hastening forward to accomplishment with all his faults thank heaven that sin cannot be charged against him end of chapter nine part two